There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how get 20, 20, 20, get 20, 20, how get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, guys and girls. The program you are about to hear will be both fun and educational, but it is not a substitute for medical advice. Although we are doctors, we are not your doctors. Hello, and welcome to Travel Medicine. As always, I'm your friendly neighborhood internal medicine doc, Dr. J. Hey guys, Dr. Santosh here, pediatric infectious disease doc researcher. We had a couple fun weeks of Mad Libs, huh? I liked it. It was so much fun. And I'm super happy that I taught you something, uh, specifically that the ye old version of Bumblebee is named Dumbledore. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you were fact. <laughs> you were so happy about that. So I know we shifted our schedule around, but I believe that it's never a bad time to have an alternate week, Santosh. And you know yeah, what we do? Sometimes sometimes we try to have like two alternate weeks in a row. <laughs> we alternate when we alternate them. Alternately. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which one of us does uh-huh. it? We alternate. Yeah, which is why we call you the alternator. <laughs> no, nobody calls you that. Alter <laughs> not to be back. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, because it's an alternate week. Yeah. Once again, it's time for another everybody's favorite segment, Journal Club. Yeah. Yeah. For example, Santos, do you remember what little boys are made of? Okay, I'm going back to Powerpuff Girls. You remember Powerpuff Girls? Sure. Ingredient X. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, ingredient X, but it was also I remember, you know, the it was it's a little weird looking back because the professor was trying to make his own girls and he added sugar and spice and everything nice. And uh that so that was little girls. I don't remember the boys as well. well I thought it was like dirt and snails and puppy dog tails. And none of it was very complimentary. Oh, I, I remember, yeah, I remember the puppy dog tails. I remember snails too. Snips. Snips and snails. Okay, snips and snails and puppy dog tails. But you yeah. know what? No dogs were harmed in the making of this podcast episode. <laughs> it's it's weird because like 
Sugar and spice and everything nice is so beautiful. I don't know what a snip is, but snails and puppy dog tails? Like, just the tails. But this week, I found a (laughs) bunch of stories that uh, are roughly what little boys are made of. So, let's get started with the first one, some snails. And did you ever see Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? Eternal Sunshine on the Spotless Mind. Uh, Jim Carrey? Yes. Like, what was that him? He, it was like, hey, let me be serious for a second kind of thing. Like, I, I always mix that one up with the Truman Show. Is that is that the one where he's being filmed all the time? No, that's the one where he has a breakup so bad he wants to literally burn it out of his mind. Oh, oh, okay. All right, gotcha. Um, and I think him and the girlfriend both do it, but like as they're losing their memories, I mean, spoilers okay. for a 20 year old movie. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. As they're losing their memories, they both kind of decide, like, oh, no, wait, we don't want to do this, but it's too late. Oh, no. So it's like a reverse notebook. I mean, they could meet again. Maybe. I'm not going to spoil that part unless I have. Who knows? (laughs) But uh, erasing memories of scorned lovers, no longer just for the movies anymore, at least if you're a snail. So good news for (laughs) snail relationships. No more long, slow breakups. Uh, Oh, God. Wait, what? Okay, for snails. Okay, so this was an animal experiment then. Yeah, so... A okay. new study on snail neurons p- suggests that it's possible to wipe out specific memories, and the idea being that eventually they want to expand this out to do the same with humans. If you could have a drug to help forget memories, that could probably help a lot with things like PTSD or oh, okay, or certainly maybe some chronic issues. I don't know. There's a lot of possibilities for it if it can be appropriately selected. So from okay. our n- From a neuro standpoint, do you know Mm -hmm. how memories work? We have a very specialized organ in our brains, human brains, called the hippocampus. And these are these two, um, you know, it's it's close to the center of the brain, but it's where the two sides of your brain on the temporal lobes kind of curl in. Um, And I believe you need those hippocampi on either side in order to form new memories because i know if there are lesions on the hippocampus then you you get like anterograde amnesia you can't make any more new memories and i know that's one of the places also where like we used to think all the neurons in our brain were fixed but that's one of the few places in our brain where you actually make new neurons for a lot of your life yes Um, so so i i know it's new cells and it's in a specialized organ so, and that that's where they're stored, but in terms of being formed, that's that happens along the synapse, which is a long, thin tube that passes signals between one neuron and another. And mm-hmm. that- well, it's a gap. It's a it's a little uh, little canyon, mm-hmm. tiny microscopic canyon, tiny little evil Knievels, evil Knievel memories. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and they jump over like uh, yeah. now, depending uh, <laughs> on depending on different variables, the uh, properties of the synapse can increase or decrease in strength. And so this group of neuroscientists at Columbia University Medical Center were able to reverse long-term changes in strength at synapses or locations known to contribute to different forms of memories. So imagine them as like being 
a new overly restrictive guard at a gated community. Uh, mm-hmm. To study this, at least in a observable form, they used a marine snail called Aplesia, and okay. it has a very long, large neuron. So it's a lot easier than trying to pick out itty bitty little human neurons. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, and so... they found that there are two different types of protein kinase M PKM molecules, and by blocking mm-hmm. one of those, they could decide which memory to block. So the snail has a very short neural circuit, and they were able to short circuit it. Like you can't just be like, "Yo, snail, what did you have for breakfast yesterday?" <laughs> yeah, we snail's take like, oh. to respond. You saw Zootopia. Yeah, <laughs> that was a slog. They ran them through mazes or asked them to fill out tax returns, focused a lot more on the synaptic transmission than it did on how they trained the snails to have deep and complex yet regret- ultimately regrettable <laughs> long-term relationships. <laughs> okay, um, I... Uh... <laughs> I just browsed real quick. Um, So it looks like they tried to do a pretty simple memory. They said the shock of an electric zap on the butt. So if they get zapped in the tail, they send signals through their simple nervous system to say, retract the parapodia, which is the the little foot thing. And then the little flesh flappy things that hang from their snail bellies just retract in. And so if you shock them enough, it'll remember that it's being getting zapped a lot. And the par- parapodia will get will retract for longer and longer periods of time. So, like the third time you zap it, it'll be like, oh fuck, another zap's gonna come. So I'm just gonna keep my parapodia under here for like a, a long time. So then, yeah, they erase the memory of the previous zaps, and they found that the snails retracted their little parapodia for shorter periods of time than expe- uh, than expected. Simpsons did that. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's so mean. They just like they zapped it. We did memories with mice before. I don't know if you remember like to figure out that if memories could actually pass on be passed on to children like before they'd even experienced something. And you know, it was the same thing, electric shock. Yeah, it turns out you can't teach infants kung fu via repeated shocks. So, no, sorry, Matrix no. fans. <laughs> that movie is simply not believable. Yeah, yeah. But for some other futuristic thing science has managed to do, uh, mm-hmm. CRISPR has been used to make, in something that is impossible to go wrong in any way, shape, or form, a <laughs> superbug resistant <laughs> to all viruses. Yeah, this was... This was an interesting combo because it's they're using CRISPR in order to edit the genome, but they're also creating like novel life. Like they're giving these these guys these little bacteria molecules that they would never have used before. So this is like true synthetic life. And they did it by basically ripping a lot of the instructions. Uh, so imagine. Proteins are kind of the Lego Lego sculptures of our body. And RNA is the RNA and DNA work together as the building instructions. 
So scientists basically tore a bunch of pages out of the instruction book and said, uh, <laughs> take these pieces, they'll fit roughly. And they fit, <laughs> but because they're not brand pieces, they don't fit quite the same, and therefore viruses can't get in. You can't ultimately make it the structure as it would be recognized. This stuff is not entirely new. Um, I actually worked with uh, synthetic biology artificial amino acids uh, in you know the lab at my old lab. Uh, it was actually Charles Choi, the amazing Charles Choi, who graduated with a PhD, who used these synthetic amino acids. So a virus has to grab onto a cell surface receptor, right, in order to get in. So it recognizes it like a lock and key and says, hey, this is a place where I can go in and then replicate and then burst the cell open because fuck this cell once I'm done with it kind of thing. But if it can't recognize the amino acids at all, meaning that like the amino acids don't even occur in nature. So it can't even mutate to find, you know, figure out what these proteins and amino acids are, then it's just completely blocked out, 100% blocked out. So yeah, they, they gave the bacteria these synthetic amino acids and then told it the instructions on how to build with these weird amino acids that don't occur in nature and said, here, make brand new proteins that have never, ever, ever been seen before. They made a super powered strain that they called, uh, you know, a bacterial X-Man that grows rapidly <laughs> and is resistant to a cocktail of different viruses that infect bacteria. So I'm not entirely <laughs> sure how that's going to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they gave it a fantastic name, Sin61 Delta 3 EV5. <laughs> right? I mean, I'm just yeah. like, I know that this is great that we can rewrite things on a protein instructional level, but why start by making something that nothing can kill? <laughs> Have we learned? Well, have we learned nothing from the Jurassic Park series? From what I could find, it wasn't a pathogenic bacteria. So it was, you know, this particular one is largely commensal and everything. And just because you can't get a virus to attack it, doesn't necessarily mean you can't nosh it with like an antibiotic, or maybe just spray some alcohol on it on the surface and just destroy it that way. So it's it's okay. It's not completely indestructible. I'm just saying, <laughs> if you're going to start messing yeah. around, at least make a gremlin or something. I, I want to appreciate <laughs> my apocalypse. No, you got to start on single cell levels. You got to start small. You'll never be a true mad scientist. Irritated at no. best. <laughs> you're the irked scientist. Peeved, yeah, the peeved irked. even. <laughs> What's he going to jail for? He's irked, sir. <laughs> they called me insane, He's... but I'm peeved at best. <laughs> Just, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> really put out. <laughs> should we Should we send the Avengers? No. No, <laughs> but I'm going to send. <laughs> I'm going to write a nasty letter, I assure you. It yeah. may even have a couple choice words. <laughs> the irked professor i love it but something that is uh is going to be also quite hard to kill we'll get serious yeah. for just a moment and then we'll oh, don't gosh. worry we'll bring the maturity level back down 
still encouraging everybody to go out and get a vaccine. However, mm-hmm. a couple friends have come to me and asked, you know, is it safe or they've now heard about cases rare, but they've heard of cases of brief infections or heart inflammation following vaccination. So I wanted to address that. Yeah, yeah. So just like Dr. Josh said, and I'm very much in agreement, please do go get vaccinated. We still have far, far, far more benefit from getting vaccinated than we do risks. All right. But what ended up happening is amongst the millions of doses that are out there, we isolated as of June 21st, 393 cases of myocarditis. That's inflammation of the muscle of the heart, which appeared we're seeing a much higher number than we would normally see of myocarditis a few days after usually the second dose of an mRNA vaccine. So those are the ones that have been manufactured by Moderna and Pfizer-BioNTech. So, you know, this is still terribly rare. Um, You know, we're talking about, you know, amongst, you know, a couple of million doses, so two or three million doses. We've got 393 cases of myocarditis. And the other very, very interesting thing about this, Josh, is that the cases were discovered because the patients had some typical symptoms. They were mostly young men, but there were young women as well. And they'd have pain in the chest, uh, which felt like a a squeezing or a, a restrictive pain. So they had that kind of squeezing chest pain, shortness of breath, and it would, you know, sit and it would hurt. Not terribly painful, but enough to scare you. They'd go in to get checked and you would draw a troponin, uh, a troponin I. And did you want to explain what that enzyme is? Honestly, it's just an enzyme that gets released when your heart is injured. That's that's really the yeah. <laughs> extent of the detail that you care about. That we care about. <laughs> so troponin I is an enzyme released by a lot of cells, but heart muscle when it's damaged. And you can tell that it's elevated and you can infer in an otherwise healthy person that there's been some heart damage. Now, Josh, interestingly, every single one of these patients with a rare exception basically just spent like an overnight in the hospital for observation and then went home. So even though they had this uh, condition of heart inflammation that mm -hmm. feels like a heart attack, they were all far too young. These were, you know, mostly teenagers and young adults that got those kinds of chest pains that can present as a lot of things, uh, heart attacks, anxiety attacks, indigestion. So there's a wide variety of that kind of chest pressure or pain, which is why, you know, people go to urgent cares and emergency rooms to have it evaluated. Uh, But you mentioned that even in this very rare side effect in this small subset of the population, they all really recovered for the most part within a day or two. Beautifully. Yes, absolutely. And this included, um, you know, folks who are asthmatic and they had different risk factors. We're still trying to sort out how many of these children had COVID before, meaning that is there a risk factor if you've already had COVID-19 and then you get vaccinated? So here's our recommendations right now. So if you're 12 and over, we're still recommending for you to get the vaccine. And right now, 
the mRNA vaccines are the ones that are licensed for the, the, the younger crowd, please do. It is very important, not only for your own health, but to protect those around you. We're about to talk variants, and the more people are vaccinated, the less this virus has the chance to mutate when it passes around. And so you'll be protecting against that. And then if you have this myocarditis episode, if you have it after the first dose, I think it is very reasonable to hold off on getting the second dose. So right now, our recommendations are if you have that myocarditis with the first dose, just wait. It's all right. That first dose actually provides a good amount of protection. So just hold off until we have more data. If you have completed your series and gotten myocarditis, monitor closely. Uh, do follow with your pediatrician, possibly with your cardiologist. And Josh, I, I know it sounds really kind of unsatisfying, but these kids look really, really well. And, you know, myocarditis can be devastating. Viral myocarditis that you get with like enteroviruses or the flu can really like rip apart the heart. Okay. This one doesn't seem all that bad at all. So we're fairly sure that the long-term effects are going to be just fine. But just to be 100% transparent. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. We don't know. We're going to have to watch and see. And uh, since you uh, brought up variants, I can only assume you've been watching Loki. <laughs> I, I have been watching Loki, and I've been watching it uh, in the manner which you prescribe. <laughs> And <laughs> I've, I've actually been enjoying it greatly because, uh, readers, I'm actually also kind of going back in time and watching the Defender series, the old Marvel series about like Jessica Jones and Daredevil. So it's cool to see like the old and the new. The variants on the new one, Josh, it was so cool to be like, like I was reading about variants and we have to stop the variants. And then you switch to Loki and then they're like, we have to stop the variants. So as, <laughs> as a member of the infectious TVA. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you've mentioned yeah, we, there's, there's a, we, couple... we'll call it the VVA, the, the virus variants. Right. Agency. Right. Yes. Way catchier than CDC. <laughs> I would love to form the VVA branch of the CDC. <laughs> I'm from the v- v- <laughs> The what? The v- <laughs> Are you flirting with me? Are you trying to get <laughs> I, I, I... <laughs> So uh, what are 
what are some of the variants? Because that's the other big concern that I think people are chatting about is, will the vaccine protect me against these different variants? And to what extent could we see another outbreak? Absolutely. Absolutely. So we have some, the worrisome ones are coming from South Africa. Uh, We've got another one from Brazil. We have one that's proliferated for a long time in the UK. Uh, We indeed have a dual variant that's out of California, Josh. And then, of course, uh, with all of the cases that kind of exploded a month or so ago, a couple of months ago in India, um, we got... Of course, for scientific scientific purposes, they have now been Mm -hmm. renamed from their regions of origin to greek letters yeah so we just went with like alpha beta gamma etc delta and dude guess which one's the california variant (laughs) very very funny um yeah the california variants actually epsilon will the vaccines protect against these variants yeah this is this is going to be the big question and it's the it's the one on everybody's mind right now. I will say that we got very very frightened when we saw that variants like uh, alpha, uh, which just for information, not for you know um, doxing or anything like that, but alpha out of the UK, uh, delta out of India has significant rates of increased transmissibility. So when we see those variants going around, we're seeing them, we're seeing much higher cases than we would normally expect to see. And then a couple of those even have a, a couple of rates have higher hospitalization. When we went for immunology, Josh, the first casualty were actually those beautiful monoclonal antibodies that were made by some of these drug companies to specifically target these viruses and hit them before people got sick. So you could kind of chemo prophylax and very, very quickly, the efficacy of these went away because they are monoclonal antibodies. They just, you know, they set onto one epitope, you mutate it, it's gone. So that one went away. So then the question came up is that like how many of these variants are actually mutating the spike protein, which is almost completely what we predicate our vaccines on. And that was the big, you know, change is that if you have uh, a vaccine and then it mutates the spike protein, what's going to happen? Well, Josh, for most of them, we've actually been really, really okay but we are having trouble with uh, a couple of these, specifically Delta. Uh, with, with the Delta variant, we're actually having quite a bit of trouble keeping the same efficacy, the vaccine efficacy that we did before. So as a, for instance, um, you know, vaccines like Pfizer or BioNTech and Moderna, which have like 90, 95% efficacy, they drop to 80 or 75% efficacy. So it's quite a quick drop. But you still, that's, it doesn't affect the transmissibility, or I should say, you see a drop off, meaning it becomes more effective at transmissibility, but still mm-hmm. does a remarkable job at limiting hospitalization and severe outcomes. 
That's true. Yes. So um, that's that's one of the huge things that we've seen time and time again is that those folks who are fully vaccinated, and if we take away, you know, the rare cases where we have breakthroughs and the the deaths, which are almost all in cases where those folks were really sick to begin with, so their their threshold. For illness was really low. But in, in a lot of other cases, the vast majority of cases, we saw those folks who got vaccinated, they caught COVID, they got sick, and they stayed out of the hospital. Or they came to the hospital and they stayed out of the ICU. Fairly well right now, Josh, even with Delta variant and, and Beta and a couple of these others, we are doing fairly well in terms of keeping those folks out of the hospital and keeping mortality down. So if you are worried about getting one of the variants, then Mm -hmm. I can only encourage you all the more strongly to go and get vaccinated. Please. Yes. And you know, the, the efficacy is so good. Safety profile is so good for these MRNA vaccines for AstraZeneca. It's pretty strong. And even Novavax um, over there. I will say, and this is purely opinion, Josh, that the single dose Janssen vaccine, the J&J, is not performing as well as we would like. And we're getting efficacies of like 50 to 60% against some of the variants, which is unfortunately quite unacceptable. That's, that's not great. Given the choice, you still want to get a multi-course dose, but it depends really on availability in your area. Uh, mm-hmm. But now, if, if Jansen's available, get it. But now that we've taken a moment for medicine and a second for science, <laughs> oh, are we are we about to just drop the ball again? <laughs> now it's TikTok time. Uh, okay, it's TikTok time. <laughs> for everyone who's followed along so far, we got the snails. That was the first story. We got the snips, which. Uh, for those of you genetics nerds out there, SNPs or you know small nucleotide polymorphisms is what you can sometimes get with CRISPR. Hey, <laughs> so we got the snips and snails. Are you going to do puppy dog tails? Is Not it be even sad? close. I told you, no dogs were harmed in this episode. <laughs> but okay, okay. But for a brand new segment, because I foresee a rich well of inspiration <laughs> here. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. It's uh, take a sec for science and have some tick-tock time. Um, <laughs> see, way less irritating than our radio sounds. But according to... <laughs> wait, 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 Let's do it again without your giggle at the end, though. So it sounds really like Josh official. Yeah, go, go for it. Let's take a sec for science. It's tick-tock time. Based on a definitely misinterpreted research study (laughs) which we'll get to that found that male testes have taste receptors no no let's we're not hold on hold on we're going for a ride climb aboard the challenge went viral okay the challenge went viral after tiktok user reagan posted a video asking people with testicles you know just addressing to the general testicles crowd out there to dip, yeah. to dip their genitals in something to see if they could taste it. And it had to be a strong taste because you're not mm-hmm. used to tasting with your genitals. So soy sauce. <laughs> uh, 
What? <laughs> so, so there is there is a TikTok challenge. You know, we've moved on from Tide Pods. Now it's now it's the uh, testicle taste test. Sh- sure. And soy sauce okay. for science. <laughs> Thanks to TikTok time and and Santosh. Let's just add the cherry on this delicious Sunday of missing of misinterpreted oh. information what <laughs> journal what journal pray tell would publish such a in-depth <laughs> investigation male sexuality no no international it's, journal. In fact, it's one of your favorites uh the the scientific journal proceedings from the national academy <laughs> of sciences oh but you know that's so long to say so let's just abbreviate it to what's the abbreviation again santosh pnas penis <laughs> okay yeah all right this is the journal penis posted this is a one this is a one-time segment god damn you <laughs> this is never happening again i cannot believe you've done this to me i feel dirty <laughs> so let's go into the actual study Holy shit, these are real researchers in Philadelphia and Mount Sinai who did this. Santos, the people want to know. Oh, God. I can't justify this, Josh. Oh, God. Let's talk about taste receptors. You know, they've found all over the body. The stomach, the intestines, the lungs, the brain. Uh, And new research published in Penis. I'm sorry, the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. National Academy of Sciences, Uh (laughs) uh-huh. Found found that taste proteins for both sweet and umami, which is the the amino acid taste of soy sauce, uh, not only exist in the testes, but play an important Uh role in fertility. However, this is in mice. Yeah. So it's, this is really, this is kind of cool. So testes and sperm express these, uh, and, and it is the testes themselves, not like not the scrotum. So they were originally, and how, how was this gem of information discovered? You might ask. (laughs) <laughs> they were originally trying to develop mice that didn't have taste receptors for use in taste-related studies, but very uh-huh. quickly realized, and I'd like to know how quickly. This feels like a Scooby-Doo-level mystery. Uh, <laughs> but quickly realized that the mice were unable to reproduce if they were missing the taste receptors. Now imagine, you take away this <laughs> mouse's ability to taste sweet and meaty, or meat and sweaty, and... Yeah. <laughs> and they all of a sudden become unable to reproduce. Yeah, yeah. So the the male mice specifically became infertile, and they probably noticed this because they were trying to do like crossbreeding to actually make a clonal population of mice, inbreeding and outbreeding, and they couldn't get any pups. Okay. So this was very oh, much so- an incidental finding. Yeah, but all of a sudden, like there could be a taste problem. And you can't have babies. Okay, so this does have a real scientific thing. Well, one of the things that they learned is the drug that they were using to block the taste receptors in the mice mm-hmm. is okay. a, from statins, a group of drugs that are used to treat high cholesterol in a lot of humans. So sure. that me- that gives them another avenue for study. You know, what effect does this have on human fertility, especially considering how many people are benefiting from statins for heart attack prevention? 
Or uh-huh. could it even lead to new forms of birth control? Uh, perhaps male birth control. Wow. Oh, because that would be so cool. Because then, you know, you'd still make testosterone and you'd still you'd still make sperm and you know have keep your cholesterol and your sperm count low along with yeah, your yeah. <laughs> along with your cardiac risk with no snip snip uh, there you go and then and then we don't have to be made of snips and snails and soy <laughs> testicles <laughs> that's it i did it i got the whole episode yeah. title in <laughs> i i love the name of this receptor by the way it looks like the word taster it's TAS1R3. So, like, if you put that on your license plate, it would look like Taster. <laughs> so, uh, that's it for this edition of TikTok Time, where we've learned wait, that wait. you can taste things with your testicles. So, don't dip into stuff. Well, hold on, hold on, because we do have to connect all of this together. Do so, we? you had a, you had. Yeah. <laughs> So you you had a PNAS paper. The the scientists over there knocked out TAS1R3 and uh, GNAT3, which are two genes, which help with quote-unquote taste. And that knocked out sperm development and maturation. And so, you know, you, you knock that out and you can actually have that. And then the TikTok users read this, Josh, and they did what now? <laughs> And and they saw the important phrase taste receptors on the genitals. Yeah, okay. For and some of them spoke other languages and saw the word umami, which is a <laughs> Japanese word for a meaty kind of flavor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Often found yeah. in soy sauce, and okay. came to the logical conclusion. Uh huh. That if you have taste receptors for soy on your <laughs> on your nether regions, yeah. dipping them into said sauce will allow you to taste it. Yeah, as opposed to the more traditional method of tasting, which apparently <laughs> was unsatisfying. So then, Alex James, a TikTok user. <laughs> dabs the soy on his testicles screams into the camera and then yells i can taste the salt (laughs) (laughs) so there were a couple leaps oh god in logic here and i hope i hope we've managed to clear those up but yeah, I can assure so... you, I will be continuing to comb TikTok for more episodes to do. This is this is going to be one of my new favorite segments. <laughs> I can feel it. You know, I, I can. You know, I, I I'm going to go ahead and put a opinion out on this one, Josh, because I'm trying to be more, you know, like compassionate and I don't think this is hurting anyone like tide pod was really bad right like people could die from that but like i think it might be okay like if y'all want to dip some balls into some soy sauce i think it's okay (laughs) soy is a gateway sauce sauce. (laughs) next thing you know they're gonna be hopping in habanero powder (laughs) 
No, 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 no. Okay, so one, uh, this one potent, you can say with potent and cayenne. <laughs> Those are not umami. Okay, this one we should say honestly and truly. Your whole skin, every last square inch of your skin, does have capsaicin receptors. That's the stuff that causes spicy pain when you eat peppers and that kind of a thing. So please don't use anything spicy. That's a because spicy that, meatball. Yeah, <laughs> that one is the hell going to burn and you're going to be not happy. But yeah, maybe. <laughs> can I can I cut him off at the soy? Can we, can we set limits? <laughs> have a have a safe condiment at hand. <laughs> Don't forget to keep a jar of mayonnaise. <laughs> I can taste the <laughs> I encourage you to go Google these reactions <laughs> or search them on TikTok. And if you find any more any more stories for this segment, please send them in. That's it for this week's episode. As always, we love to hear your comments, questions, and feedback. This show is produced by me with a lot of help from Dr. Santosh and friends. I can never say the word umami again. If you'd like to support us spiritually, emotionally, or financially, links to do that are in the show notes, along with links to some of the sources used in researching this show. Our theme music is composed by Rachel Leisure. And until next time, as always, stay safe, wash your hands, get vaccinated, or wear a mask. Don't dip your naughty bits in soy sauce. And until next time, as always, happy travels. <laughs> just the tip. No, you don't have a just the tip. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.